0: Switched on
2: Pop. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding.
3: And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. Nate, do you know the song Peaches by Justin Bieber? I do. It's a bop, as the kids say.
4: I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh yeah shit. I get my weed from California. That's that shit. I took my chick up to the north, yeah. Badass bitch. I get my light right from the source, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
3: that's it. It's kinda like the Beach Boys, California girls for fruit and weed. <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about. Well, you know, in California girls by the beach boys, they talk about girls from all over the country. So he's doing the same thing, except with fruit and weed. Do you need me to explain that further for you? Okay, I got it.
2: You called Peaches a bop. I kind of agreed with you. I, it's a song I've always enjoyed hearing. You know, it's one of these songs that's actually just a chorus. Like, yeah, there's other verses by Daniel Caesar and Givion but like actually they repeat the chorus in the song seven times it begins with a chorus and there's maybe little interludes and it's just chorus 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 I was like it's a pop it's a fun song
3: we need a term for that like perma chorus or something <laughs>
2: perma chorus yeah but then everything changed for me when I heard this song performed just the other week at the Grammys check out how Justin Bieber starts the song there
4: I get my peaches out in Georgia Mm-hmm. Get my weed from California mm-hmm. Very sweet I took my chick up to the north Yeah, badass bitch <laughs> Okay, Justin I took my chick up to the north Yeah, badass bitch I get my light right from the
3: soil, Yeah, yeah, that's it And
4: I see
2: you Okay, so we're grooving again Yeah we Got that bop, it's happening mm and then the song just keeps getting bigger and Ooh. bigger.
3: Okay. Mm.
2: And now I'm feeling like, wait a minute, that song, which just felt like it was one vibe all the way through chorus, mm-hmm. chorus, 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 perma-chorus, perma-chorus. <laughs> Has been transformed where the song starts small and gets bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger all the way until the end. And I have this realization. It's not just the California girls thing and his weed and this this, and that. It's it's the him talking about his faith, right? Ah. He's talked publicly about his relationship to God and right. his faith. He's been a member of various mega evangelical churches and regularly attends worship services. And then right there in the chorus, there's the line. To get my light right from the source, which is a pretty
3: clear reference to Faith and God. Interesting. So it's like watching this performance on the Grammys with its soulful arrangement, its slow build, the impassioned vocals of Gibeon, you had this moment that you were like, oh, this has the potential to be a worship song.
2: That's exactly right. And I guess I was sort of cued into it as well because not long before Bieber performed, a group called Maverick City Music was the first solo Christian group to perform at the Grammys in 20 years.
3: No way. I hear these killer harmonies. I hear these repeating chord progressions. I hear that build and lift. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between the Peaches performance and this Maverick City Music performance.
2: I'm glad you're hearing those connections as well. I wanted to call up Maverick City Music to give me a bit of a tutorial on how they create this feeling of uplift. And it turns out that there's another reason why they were a perfect source.
5: One of the reasons I met one of my close friends, Justin Bieber, is because of our music.
2: That's the voice of Chandler Moore. He's one of the members of Maverick City Music, whose music, in addition to reaching out to Justin Bieber, really touched a lot of the Christian world. Word. People
5: started really discovering us during the pandemic 2020. At the time that Maverick City came out, there was a need for hope.
2: Maverick City Music are relatively new. It's kind of surprising how quickly they got to the Grammy stage.
5: Hmm. Maverick City came to be in this very unorthodox way.
2: See, there are a bunch of songwriters who put together a songwriting camp to kind of mix up the sound of Christian music. They don't even call themselves a group.
4: Maverick is a collective.
2: That's Naomi Rain. Alongside Chandler, there are seven core members of the group, but wow, wow at least a hundred have participated in these songwriting camps. Cool. And they've already released, since 2019, 15 albums and EPs. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. Since when? Since 2019. (laughs) Like, just in the last couple of years. (laughs) They told me they've written thousands of songs.
3: Okay, so that's like five albums a year and approximately 20 members per year. Okay, impressive.
2: One of the things that impressed me was the broad spectrum of music that you hear from Maverick City. It
5: started as a place and a space for people to meet around the tables. Our music is very diverse. You're going to see Black people, you're going to see white people, you're going to see Indians, you're going to see Hispanics, you're going to see all types of people worshiping to the same music.
2: You can hear the diversity and enormity of those voices in a song like Old Church Basement off their album of the same name that also won the Grammy this year. Mm. Here's Naomi again.
4: You know, it's not like three-part harmony. It's like a 50-part harmony.
2: All of these different voices means that their music is as diverse as the collective. You know, in the world of the Christian music umbrella, there's so many genres. Mm. Soft rock worship to screaming organs with full choir, gospel. Maverick City music bridges a lot of those divides.
5: We are called to blur that line as far as what is Christian, what is gospel music. Those two have been segregated for so long.
4: I think that Christian music is not a genre. Christian is a message.
2: Let me play you what they're talking about, okay? You can hear a soft rock-like vibe in a song like Gyra. got Latin pop in their song, Na Di Too. And even R&B in the song, Same Blood.
4: Don't you try to justify the scars you left on my heart? Sun was in the sky, you claimed it was sun.
2: But something I notice in their music is that no matter the genre that they're playing in, in addition to the message, there's also this common energy in their underlying structure.
5: When we're writing a verse, there's a storyline. When we get to the chorus, we want you to think about what you're saying, but we don't want you having to think about words as much. We just want you to get there and we're in the
2: moment. It's more anthemy. Anthemy. You can feel how the chorus swells into an anthem in the first song we played, Jaira.
4: It's going to feel like it's directly to God, and it's going to feel supernatural and spiritual because we are connecting to the Holy Spirit of God.
2: I asked them what makes that connection. How do they evoke that feeling of the supernatural as songwriters?
4: I think initially we try to start out centered and a little more calm time still i'm with you I think we always actually get to a place where we're bouncing jumping or feeling some sort of energies it's like this slow gradual incline
3: to get that kind of cathartic payoff you really need to be patient in the way you build the song mm. you can't rush it you have yeah. to you have to wait and i wonder Forgive me if I'm going to send this off track, but is that why so many worship songs are much longer than a lot of pop songs? You know, maybe seven, eight minutes, and why they might not work on formats like the radio because they have these long builds? I think specifically worship music, which is written to be performed in a church
2: setting, mm. has a really different set of criteria than what you want from radio. You want participation, repetition, and that feeling of that ever-rising climb. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we need to give a name to that that structure. Like, um, It's kind of like a power ballad. Mm-hmm. What if we called it a higher power ballad? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. We're going to use that. And lots of Christian music uses this higher power ballad dynamic, if you'll allow me. But I feel like there's something else that sets Maverick City music apart from what else is happening in the contemporary Christian landscape. Here's Chandler again.
5: Our generation is very desperate for authenticity. So the, the dynamics of that room and every song is authentic to what that moment is.
4: You can hear real people. You can hear clothes and fingers and feet. And, you know, it sounds like they're in the room with us. You hear us talking and laughing before before we start recording, which I think makes it just feel like, oh, we're just with the people.
3: does sound like a departure from so much top 40 pop which is so carefully engineered and manicured to sound almost as if it was recorded like in a in an airless vacuum (laughs) this by contrast has like echoes and reverbs and stomps and rustles and it and it and like they they said it it feels authentic it feels like you're in the room yeah there's a lot of ways that Maverick City music is in conversation with
2: the world of pop, the genre stuff, familiar chords and melodies, but that higher power dynamic and that live spontaneity does really stand out to me. And it made me want to consider what happens now when we go back and listen to the Bieber? Are we getting some of those vibes? Take me there. I'm kind of an idiot for not realizing this when we spoke about his song Holy back, I think last summer. Yeah. Yeah. It's right there in front of us in the I title. mean,
3: that's not the reason you're an idiot, but yeah, <laughs> that is, I guess, part of it. So please continue. Well, let's let this song forgive me.
2: We start with the soft piano opening.
4: I hear a lot
2: The lyrics are on the nose. And then the song just builds.
4: Oh, God, run into the other. A check star, can wait another second. There's a way you hold me, o me, o me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me feel so holy.
2: And then by the end, it reaches an apex. Can
4: we another second? Oh God, run into the altar like a track star. Can wait another
2: second? Oh God. There we have it, right? Mm. That's that ever rising build the higher power ballad and all of those spontaneous improv vocal moments that it feels like you're in the room.
3: Mm, Yeah.
2: There we go. There's been a long history of interplay between secular and religious music. This is nothing new. Like it goes way back. You can go to the 16th century Martin Luther incorporated folk music into his hymns, hymns that composers like Bach would later use to create inspiration for his Baroque pieces that then classical musicians brought into the secular world. And in modern days, you wouldn't have rock and roll without gospel. Christian contemporary music is undeniably inspired by secular rock and folk music of the 60s. And when you tune into contemporary Christian music, you're going to hear verse, chorus, pop songs with familiar progressions and melodies but with that extra layer of the higher power energy build, Mm. maybe some of those great improvised moments. And I think it's important to remember that because sometimes I'm like, oh, that kind of of sounds like a marketing gimmick of like you're just trying to get people into the pews by playing something kind of contemporary. And then I remember, no, these things are interwoven and constantly trading. And for me as someone who's not in the church, I think it's a real testament to the power of that music that those dynamics really work on us. I mean, it is powerful listening to it. So what I want to do in the second half of our conversation is look at how the secular world uses that higher power ballad concept to evoke great emotion. Cool. All right. I really appreciated Maverick City Music sharing with us this structure, this higher power ballad idea. Mm. And upon hearing it then in the Bieber, I'm realizing that it's actually fairly ubiquitous. Like, this is a form that we just don't talk about enough, but it's all over the place. So what I want to do, Nate, is I want to play you some of my favorites of a playlist that I created of higher power ballads. Mm. And I want you to name what is it that they're doing within this format. How does it make you feel? I'm ready. The first is one that I actually think that you could just play in church. It's Coldplay's Fix You. Here we start with some very churchly organ. When you try
4: your best but you don't succeed.
2: By the middle of the song, the organ opens up. Guitar and piano. And then we get full rock band moment. Lead us into a choir of giant voices at the end of the song.
3: There it is. Higher power ballad. We are peaking at the end of that feel like the only thing it's missing is the call and response vocals between soloists mm-hmm. and choir that we get in Maverick mm-hmm. City music. Otherwise, this could this could probably rock in a church, I would think. With some lyrical emendations.
2: I think it's very fitting. I want to move on now to I think actually the person who might be the true master of this form. Ooh. Do you have a guess? It's a songwriter.
3: Um, a songwriter who builds things up and up and then they explode. It's either Jim Steinman or Diane Warren. Yes, Diane Warren. Yeah, (laughs) cool.
2: Now, we could talk about Aerosmith's I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. We could talk about Leanne Rhymes' How Do I Live? But I think we have to talk about Celine Dion's Because You Loved Me by Diane Warren.
1: For all those times
2: We'll move forward.
1: Okay.
2: And we got to go to the biggest moment.
1: My world
4: is a place of you. You.
3: Mm. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that higher power. I'm feeling that slow build. And we even get a little call and response there. Yeah, we do between Celine and what sounds like a bunch of other Celines. So, what does this one make you feel? uh, It makes me feel hopeful. Mm. What does it make you feel?
2: Is it just way too corny to say fully immersed in love? But I feel like the song is surrounding you with the biggest hug, and it just gets bigger and bigger and squeezes you in. It's
3: not too corny. In fact, you're making me tear up right now, Charlie. It's beautiful. I mean, the Celine-Diane Warren combo is, whew, it is, it's a lot. It's a lot.
2: Speaking of combinations, Uh one of my
3: favorite duets ever,
2: Luther Vandross, Mariah Carey, Endless Love. I
3: thought you were going to say Pizza Hut and Taco Bell, but go on. (laughs) (laughs) You can't leave Kentucky Fried Chicken out of the bunch. Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. It's a a very specific reference, Charlie. It's kind of ruined. Let's just go on. All right. Endless Love.
2: Of course, you know how we're going to start.
0: Love,
2: the amazing voice of Luther.
0: There's only you in my life.
2: Mm. And then the Do drums come in. Mariah.
4: You, love, love
2: just when you think two people could not be more in love. I feel like by the end, there's actually more ad-libs than there are lyrics.
3: Mm -hmm. I mean, listening to these three songs by Coldplay, Celine Dion, Luther Vandross, and Mariah Carey, all coming from very different genres, my takeaway is that the sound of Christian music, especially black gospel music, is so deeply baked into the fabric of American popular music writ large that it takes the kind of stepping back and the kind of expansive listening that you're asking of us right now to really appreciate that influence and to hear it clearly and how it touches so many diverse genres of music with this slow build and this cathartic ending. I mean, that all comes back to the influence of the church and especially I think the black gospel tradition.
2: Yeah, man, and you know the way that genres are just Mm ever-evolving, chameleonic, if you will? Mm. Is that a word? Uh, Sure. We'll Uh, give it to you. Why not? I'm taking it. Sometimes we don't necessarily hear the direct influences. Like, you don't hear a gospel choir or a church organ. You might only hear the underlying structure. I made a playlist of so many songs that have this kind of feel. Cool. There was a new one by Chance the Rapper called Child of God that mm. I really love. Yes. That one's a little bit more on yes. point. You're like, yeah. yeah, it's got all this stuff. But you know, even before he was doing the Sunday services, Kanye West, On My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, has a song like Lost in the Woods that does it. Metallica does Mm. it. LCD Sound System, Gloria Gaynor, Nine Inch Nails, Miley Cyrus, Barbra Streisand. There's so many. Hmm. But I want to end with one today that is really in memory of somebody great. This is the song, but honestly, by Foo Fighters in honor of Taylor Hawkins, who's recently passed.
3: That's, That's great.
2: Start Slow. Simple guitars, vocal comes in.
3: Where you to with that video?
2: The song picks up in the middle, as we expect. Bass, electric guitars, subtle kick drum.
5: Mm.
2: And then the full power of Taylor Hawkins at the song's zenith.
3: I'm thinking about something Chandler said in the first half of the show when he said that people right now are desperate for authenticity. And I feel like there's something about these formal structures that demand of you to be patient, to wait, to Mm. pay attention, and that there will be this payoff at the end Mm. Mm. that is really refreshing in a world of instant gratification it's like this puts you in a place of contemplation in a way in a place of
2: a higher power ballad sure
3: I, yeah. all right we coined it and i'm really glad you had this epiphany listening to <laughs> justin Bieber at the grammys because You've helped me think about how to hear the Christian gospel roots of so much music because you've given me a way to to listen through songs into the possible gospel and Christian roots that structure them. And that's really cool.
2: Switched on Pop is edited by Jolie Myers, engineered by Brandon McFarland, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb, community management by Abby Barr. Our executive producers are Nishat Karwa and Hannah Rosen. we a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture.
3: You can find more episodes anywhere you get podcasts and our website, switchedonpop.com. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, at switchedonpop. Tell us what your favorite higher power ballads are. And Charlie, it sounds like you've got a playlist to share with the people too. I do. I'll make sure that we share
2: that in all the places. And other than that, we're going to be back again next Tuesday. And until then, thanks Thanks for for listening.
0: listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
1: Hi, checking in for...
0: Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running.